What's up, guys? Welcome to Stand Frame with Ben. My name is Ben, obviously, and I'm one of the hosts for Stand Frame. Guys, as you guys know, with Stand Frame with Ben, it's all about how to win in life, the mental skills of what it takes to win. And we're bringing a lot of athletes, entrepreneurs, people who are doing what they're saying they're doing. And we're going to talk about purpose. We're going to talk about the importance of having urgency, especially in your 20s. And dude, I'm really excited because today we have in the house my brother Martel. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. I mean, how are you? <laughs> exactly. They're gonna see it. Every day. It doesn't matter, <laughs> bro. What do you mean up to? I haven't seen you in forever. Months. I know. Yeah, I mean, just been working, man. You've just been, been avoiding getting... me. I know that, bro. I, I have been avoiding you. So annoying, man. I can't. No, I'm just kidding. But honestly, just building, man. Just building a brand um, for myself um, personally have my own brand with the supplements, um, just getting into more of what, you know, my purpose is, finding awesome. that every day. Um, and yeah, man, every day is different. I love it. Dude, when did we meet? Was it like, what, like six months ago? It might've been, it might've been April. Okay. Might've well, been either April or February, but well, I think it's, it's, I think April. Okay. Well, tell people about yourself, dude, so they can get to know you. What do you do? Where you're from? How old are you? And everything. Wow, you just gave me a bunch of questions. Yeah, Let's see if I can figure it out. All right, guys. Uh, my name is Martel Metellus. Um, so the big thing with me is that you know I've been in entrepreneurship for a very long time, but I actually started out um, with humble beginnings, Brooklyn, New York. Um, projects. I never like to say it, uh, mostly because sometimes it gets embarrassing. But I've realized to embrace you know every part of you because everything's unique. Right. Um, from there, ended up moving to Arizona when I was ten into the suburbs. Um, and from the suburbs, that's when I got into sports. So I got into basketball, um, did a lot of just different things, skateboarding, all kinds of outdoor activities. Couldn't do it in Brooklyn because it was too dangerous. Um, and for how long did you live in Brooklyn? I lived in Brooklyn for 10 years, 10 years, yeah. okay. 10 years. I lived in Haiti for about two years in between that too. Haiti. Yeah. I'm Haitian American. Really? Yeah. Bro. I didn't know that. Well, now, you know, I thought you were from Chile. <laughs> no, i swear everyone is not, not from not chile not. man no i just care okay, so no. you, when you were when you were a kid you were born in haiti then i wasn't born there so my mom actually moved um to the u.s to have me so that i could have my citizenship really a kid. yeah that's so smart. i ended up going that's back a smart there. move it was a smart move <laughs> yeah. but what's crazy is i didn't know my dad till i was five why because my dad was in Haiti because he didn't have a citizenship. So he oh, couldn't come. Okay. And I was living in the U.S. Yeah. So every every year when I was in like pre-K, right, all these kids would be like, oh, it's Father's Day. I'm like, mom, where's my dad at? She's like, oh, he, he's in Haiti. So I kind of relate to the kids who don't have fathers, at yeah. least for a little bit, because I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? Everyone has a dad but me? Yeah. So... I really want to touch in your personal life. Mm -hmm. um, but but before we jump into that, so you started Elixir, the supplement company. I did. Do I, I did. pronounce it well? Elixir. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elixir. You started that, what, like a month ago? I started that two months ago so two far. Two months ago? Yeah. You, you've been into bodybuilding, yes. personal training. Yes. When did you get into that? Um, so I've been in fitness as a whole um, since, honestly, for about eight, nine years now. Would you say that was like your main thing that the guy just starting entrepreneurship business and everything, or you were doing, what were you doing before that? So I was in tech for a while. So I went to business school. Okay. So let's, let's go all the way back. Okay, right? okay, um, when I got to college, which the reason why I went to the school I went to is because of basketball to start. It was a D3 school. Um, but I was, I was really good for a D3 player. Really? So I was looking at like, Hey, is this going to help me go overseas? I'm six, two, six, three, 
point guard, shooting guard. Like, were you good? Yeah, I was good. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I don't think I was good enough to be like a real pro. Oh, gotcha. Right. So I was good enough to be considered good, but not exceptional enough to be like. So did you ever consider like going professional? Hundred percent. Was that your what, like bodybuilding dream? Bodybuilding. What? No, 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 in, in basketball. In basketball, yeah. My whole, so from ninth grade to like when I got to college, that was my entire perspective was really? I'm either going pro or going home. And what's funny was before this, I had gotten cut from my eighth grade basketball team because I just started playing basketball when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So when I got cut, I started crying in my room. Like I closed the doors for like three days straight. I really? didn't eat. I was upset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got so mad and we could talk about anger, but anger helps a lot if you push it in the right direction. If you know how to funnel into product right. for you. And for I sure. just started training. Like I, I would watch you YouTube right. videos, um, on just like how to be better. I'd watch Kobe videos. I'd break down game film. I would do all the drills every day. And this is in Arizona, 107 degree weather on average. I'm in the park training, training, training. I got darker than I've ever been. Um, just, just going <laughs> hard, it's hot, man. It was the sun was beaming, but I was just so passionate about being good. What happened? Um, I I made the team my ninth grade year. Okay, actually before that, I made my AAU basketball team, which was one of the top in the state at that time. That's sick. Um, and that was just from getting cut, right? But I was a center, so and people who don't know, a center is basically considered the tallest player, and your whole job is to block shots, rebound. It's not fancy, right? I wanted to be the point guard, shooting guard that could dribble everywhere, shoot and do whatever, but I wasn't skilled enough for that. So I was a center and I was, I did my job really well. I had very long arms. I was able to block shots all the time. That's what people knew me as the blocker. Um, And after that season, it taught me about the intensity of basketball and what it takes to get to the next level. Cause I didn't know. And so I went back to training freshman year I surprised everyone because everyone used to make fun of me when I was in eighth grade because I got cut. They were like, oh, Martel sucks. He got cut. And my ninth grade year, I came out of nowhere. People were like, where did you, how did you get to the point you're at now? Like, funny. I beat everybody out, made the team. People who made the team the year before over me got cut. So it was a, a complete inverse. Okay, so you went full throttle when you full, were back, man. back in high school. And I didn't stop. Okay. I kept going. And like people would see me at the recreational center every day just doing drills, playing basketball with like the older guys, beating the older guys. That's sick. Like getting first pick. That was a big thing. Like in basketball, like you get picked based on how good you are yeah. and, and how you're beating people. I play one on one with people on the side, beat them. And like that was my whole entire life was just basketball. And did you play college basketball as well? I played D3 for a little bit. I didn't even play officially. So I got in and I I was actually moving in to be a starting player as a freshman, which is rare. Um, but I ended up stopping and that's a whole other topic. But main the main reason was because I found that, okay, Martel, you're not going anywhere with this D3 thing. As good as you feel like it is now, and yeah, you're an athlete, but now I'm at the number one entrepreneurship school in the country. My friends, the people that I know, which one? Babson College. Okay. So for anybody, so it's in uh, Wellesley, Massachusetts. Okay. So it's like in like the rich area of Massachusetts. Why did you move there? Because so I had a lot of schools looking at me. One of them was University of Chicago for basketball. Um, NYU. These were all D three schools because I went to a UPenn elite camp and I did so well that everybody's like, "Where'd this kid come from?" Because I I wasn't on like 
the national radar ever. Yeah. Right. So all these people are like, oh, we gotta grab them, we gotta grab them. And they don't have great like spot like scholarship packages, right? A lot of it's financial aid. Um, but a lot of these schools were heavily recruiting me, calling my mom, and Babson was the top, actually it was on the bottom of my list at first. Uh, because I was like, oh, mom, I want to be a D1 athlete. I don't want to go D3. That's embarrassing. And my mom was like, no, like, Bab, they called me. This is a business opportunity. Like, this is where you can learn about business. And so you, you made know, the decision based on your education, not just being an athlete. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, but I didn't want to. I did it because my mom, she was like, I yeah. really want you to be. And then my uncle told my mom, like, hey, I was, I'm, I've been in Boston. Babson's a really good school. It's a very elite private college. Like he needs to go. So when did you make the change of jumping into business and entrepreneurship and just leaving your athletic career behind? So this was towards right before the freshman season started. Everything was good. I was making my way to the starting spot, close to the starting spot, basically, until internship season came around. So in college, a lot of kids don't look into internships their freshman year. My school you had to have an internship your freshman year to start paid internship. One second. That that's like the the level of competition it was. Like who could get the if you didn't get a paid internship, like you didn't people yeah. people were like, oh he's whatever. Like you suck. Literally. <laughs> like it's toxic, but that's just how it was. So that's the reality, bro. Everyone's grinding. I remember I had um Ernst and Young, <laughs> me and one of my best friends, like we were going to get interviewed there. We they they flew us out to New York, um, stay at the W for this interview. That's how crazy it was. I've never experienced this in my life, right? Had a suit on and everything. And I remember coming back, I didn't get the internship, but I came back to everyone saying, hey, coach was talking. Can I cuss on? Yeah, I mean- just Coach was bit. talking crap yeah. <laughs> about um, how, how you gave up on your team and went to go do this weird- um, Business in, thing. In, internship in, internship yeah. thing. And it pissed me off because I was like, yo, like, what do you, why are you mad that I'm going to pursue something that could better me? Like, this is a paid internship, right? And I remember I got so mad that I was like, I don't even want to play here anymore. I just feel like, I feel like a monkey. Like, literally, I feel like I'm just somebody that- You feel like betrayed kind of a thing? Not even betrayed. I just feel like I'm only useful on the basketball court, which a lot of young black kids feel like. I won't get it. I'm really glad you touched on this party. There, I don't know if you've heard of Jason, Jason Wilson. Yeah, have you heard of him? Yeah, there's a podcast that that the MMA guy, right, or the karate guy? Yeah, yeah, that he helps kids, and yep. so, and I think it's Detroit, Detroit or something. Yeah, yep. and something they were talking about the black community and everything, and, and something that he said is like that for black people, you're more than just being an athlete or just stuff like that. You can become a lawyer and everything yeah. and all this stuff. Yeah. How was that for you? Because, I mean, you just touched on it. I, I was not even planning to talk about it, but it's a conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we're flowing on this one, but you know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like for you guys, it's just like, oh, be an athlete, be an athlete, you have the skills, what it takes, but why did you choose something complete opposite? So, for me, man, it was... The biggest thing for me was I was just realizing how much I was putting all my eggs into a basket that was going to break. Okay, how did you know it was going to break? Because all of my other friends who took basketball extremely seriously went to like um, NAIA, which is a division below D3. D3. Um, they were stuck. Like I was seeing it. Like they were just in this cycle. People who didn't make it to college, they were still trying to play. <clears throat> 
And I, and I had some friends who made it to the NBA, actually, like people I played with. And I just saw the difference. I was like, I don't think, and I had to like humble myself. Like, I don't think I'm going to, I'm not that talented to, to get to that point. This wasn't for me. Okay, let's talk about these things too, because something that I always preach about purpose is figure out what you're good at, your passion, the yeah. thing that you you love to do. Yeah. But I'm not just saying that, oh, become an astronaut or like you're mm -hmm. going to be the first NBA player when you're like 35. Right. Or like a, you're not, you got to be realistic with yourself. Yeah. Always like having faith, but also being realistic. For me, I love motocross. Like yeah. it's one of the reasons why I moved here. Yeah. But then I realized I'm competing with kids that started when they were five. Right. Like there's no way I'm going to make it. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to be like freaking uh like sunshines and flowers and rainbows and follow your dream but he's like you also have to be realistic for your with yourself yeah so how was that for you and how would you recommend a kid being honest with themselves but realizing that they can do something that they love if they start young if, if they have what it takes because not everything is talent you know if you right. put in the work i'm convinced that if you're doing long enough and just you keep your head down you can make it but also it's like you got to be realistic and honest with yourself because it's not just Oh yeah, bro. Freaking go and create the next, be the next LeBron James. Like there's some honest conversations that you have right. to have within yourself. D does that make sense? No, it does. I, I think it's different though. And when I, cause I have to look back at it and understand like, okay, this is how I thought about it because I didn't think about it. Like, Oh, I'm not good. I wasn't discouraged that I wasn't good enough. I was just exposed to so much. Okay. More. So you had another option that you were, you it wasn't were more even attracted another to. option. It was just, I was exposed to so many other opportunities that it opened my mind to be, and this is the issue, and, and I can speak for young African African American kids. Yeah. Coming from where I came from, I came from the hood. Yeah. All I saw were people who were in gangs, including my family members. Yeah. Right? People who sold drugs, including my family members, people who like became rappers, like that basketball players who were playing, going to college, getting their scholarship. That was my exposure. Does this make so? Yeah, no, I, I get it. Yeah. Because that was my it's exposure. It's like the only thing you knew. That's all you know. Your role models. Yeah. And those are the people you see doing well because they look like you. Right? Yeah. So when I go to this school, and I'll tell you, I'm getting accepted by people who may not look like me, but I relate to them a certain way. And I see one of my friends on Shark Tank. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's on Shark Tank. He's pitching. And we weren't close at the time, but like I just saw him. I was like, dude, now we're close. Like I, I actually, I, I coach him now like for, for fitness. But um, at the time, he, came, he comes back. He, had, he got a deal with Mark Cuban. He's in a white Porsche. I've never seen a white Porsche in my life. Only person I saw in a Porsche Actually, I've never seen anybody in a Porsche, <laughs> but I knew a Porsche was expensive. The only person I knew could afford it was a basketball player, yeah. right? Or like an athlete. So I'm like, man, how did he get that? It's like, oh, he, he started a business. I was like, oh, he started a business. How old were you? I, I was 18 at the time. You were young. Yeah, I just came to college. Yeah. Every I was into like the partying, being the athlete, the big athlete on campus, like all that. That was my my vision until I started seeing, and I started seeing kids getting internships at like some of the top accounting firms, consulting. So what, what attracted you from business or like choosing a different route? I'll be honest. Athletes? And, and some people are going to say like the fluff, but I'm, it's money. Yeah. <laughs> like it, there was no purpose behind it. Like I felt like this was my thing. It was like freedom was kind like, of thing. Dude, like you're going to have financial freedom. People make money. Yeah. Like consultants i was look i was a glass door person even when i was younger 
So like when I looked at entrepreneurship, this is why I didn't even want to go to my school. Because when you go, I dare anybody, go on Glassdoor, type in entrepreneurship, you're going to see $30,000 as an average salary. I don't know if it's changed now. But I mean, dude, it's uh, and talking about entrepreneurships. I think there's a statistic that one percent of the world are entrepreneurs, and only or I think it's seven. Okay, some low. It's like one or seven percent, and then out of those, it's like one percent that actually makes money. Right. It's like really low. But the sliding scale, it's like it's from zero to infinite, right? Yeah. So you make you make it for yourself. Yeah. And I didn't realize that at the time. So that's the thing that you fell in love with, just like the the, the opportunity of just yeah. unlimited stuff that you just getting. being able to create whatever I want. Because that's I've always been like, I've always been a free thinker at heart, but I've always felt like I had to confine myself to my environment. That that's a. I mean, we we were just talking before jumping into recording this thing. Is that most young people? Because this is a podcast for for young people. Yeah. Is that they're being taught what to think instead of how to think. Mm-hmm. They're being put in, uh, put in a box mm-hmm. or in a system, mm-hmm. and that's where they usually stay. But for you, thinking outside the box or just like learning how to think. I don't want to be told like what to think. I want to think of myself mm-hmm. by myself or for myself, whatever. Who taught you that, or it was just something that came natural to you? <laughs> A lot of people aren't going to, you might not even like this either, but what helped me was my disdain for religion. Your disdain for religion. What do you mean? Disdain is an interesting word. Like my just, I disliked it after a while. Cause so I grew up in a very restrictive household. My dad yeah. was a pastor. Really? And my mom was just following my dad blindly. So they everything. were always on you like. Oh, they were all, man, I couldn't do anything. Okay. I couldn't think any other way. I couldn't do anything. And again, I'm not saying religion's bad. I think religion's good if if directed in the right way. No, but dude, I agree with you. I mean, Utah is like... It's straight. It's a place for religion. There's a lot of uh, influence of the church and everything here. And something that I hate is like the parents are teaching their kids what to think. Instead of like teaching them the principle and then the kids govern themselves, yeah. they're just telling them what to do. And that's something that in my... And it's not just religion. It's everything. That's something that my parents, my mom did really good for me is that they never forced me to do anything. They always taught me the principle and I was partying and, and all that stuff. That was my world. But I cho- everything I have, I chose that mm-hmm. because I wanted it. Not because like it was forced to me. Yeah. You know, so I think just the principle, like I think it's a huge thing. It was. And, and I think for me, man, that's what changes when I went to college because my parents weren't paying for my college. I was doing that. So you were on your own. I was completely, and I love. That's when I fell in love with freedom, and not to just go out and be stupid, but I literally felt like now my life was in my hands. That's what attracted me to the entrepreneurship side because it was the same feeling. It's like, oh, instead of a job, I can go create money for myself, right? Like these other people are doing, and that's what got me into training people. When I was in school, that was my first ever entrepreneurial you started endeavor with a physical with training, fitness. That was with the fitness? first thing, and the reason why was because after I quit basketball, and that's a story we can get into too. I called my coach, and I was like, "And by the way, he had flown me out before school started. I stayed at his house. I was touring the campus. Like I was like his prized possession." And then you, oh, that's a hard one for him. It's a hard sure. one, man. He was like, "Oh, we're building everything around you, like." You know, like this team, like you got to be there for for your team members. And I just called him. I was like, hey, hey, Steve, like this isn't going to work for me. Like, what do you say? He, there's a long pause. He cursed you out. He was like, like, are you 
effing serious? Are you effing serious? Like, why would you betray your team like that? Really? Like, you had so many things going. Like, why would, what caused, and I explained it to him and he still didn't get it. And it was just a very tough conversation. I'm not going to get into the details, but we ended up just breaking it off. And I didn't even come back to practice the next day. I was just done. I was like, all right, what well. What about your parents when you called them? My parents you were, cool were there with for it. basketball. I mean, that was like the, the main initial goal. But my probably. parents also were educationally focused. Oh, yeah. Because Haitian families, man, it's, it's all about education with them. Like, if you're an athlete, I was good enough to where everybody supported my athletic journey. I just, and I think this is just something in me, like, and I'm an only child, so I'm very introspective. Oh, you're an only child? Yeah. Like, that's funny. That's the only positive about being an only I don't like on, being an only child until it's like, I'm so reflective of like where I am and who I am. Like I'm always aware of so many things. I'm just like, Martell, you know, like the NBA doesn't make sense right now. Like think about something else. I mean, I think even with this dude, I think it's not a, like a, like a Haitian thing. I feel like it's with the exception of North America, all the other countries, third world countries in like general. This. Yeah. Like for example, in Chile, like being an entrepreneur, like, that's not a topic in any conversation. You're always like, you get educated, you you go to school, whatever, and then you work in a like in a company or something. Mm -hmm. Like being an athlete, it's not a thing. Like nah. doing your own thing is never a thing. Not nah. just an entrepreneur, but he's like, get educated, get a degree, and you're good for for life. That's kind of like the mentality. Same mentality. And I feel like I love the U.S. because like there's so much freedom to do whatever the freak you want to do. Like if you're not successful, I feel like it's on you because like especially here, there's so much opportunity. And, and coming from a place of, and maybe you can relate, but coming from a place that maybe you weren't loaded or the resources and all, there, there's always a lack mm -hmm. and there, there's always this system and this box mm -hmm. when you're like out of it, you're like, now I can do my own thing and take as full advantage as I can from all the resources that this place has. That's how, That's I, how I feel. That is exactly what happened. I, I saw yeah. so many like business accelerators in there where they're giving you money to start a business. I, I did a, so my first class was um, foundations of, of management and entrepreneurship. That was my first ever course That's in college. So that whole course was around starting a business. We started a business called pillow talk and yeah. it was basically like a speaker and a pillow that we were trying to sell my first ever exposure to business. That's sick, it was fun, That's right? Sick. Just to come up with different ideas. And from there, it just got to a point where after basketball, I, I kind of felt like I was aimless, right? I was like, what am I going to be doing now, right? I'm in school, I'm taking classes, but like, what what else? So I started working out a lot because what else are you going to do if you were in athletics, right? Um, I fell in love with that because I was getting better fast. I was like, wow, I'm looking different, right? Yeah, you were an athlete, so it's like... But I was skinnier. So I'm now putting on weight and everyone's like, like after that summer, people were like, Martel, like what happened? They were like, Martell, you looking kind of cute. <laughs> Dude. And, and I'm not going to, and I've never had a problem with like women, but it just was a next level after that. And in college, I was like the guy now. And from there, I was like, oh, I like this. That's a good problem to have. Great problem to have. <laughs> but now all these kids, and, and mind you, I went to school with a lot of international kids, right? Okay. And a lot of international kids, for some reason, are super into fitness. It's weird. I don't understand why. But like, and, and I'm saying like, We had people coming from different parts of Asia, different parts of India, coming to the school because they're inheriting their family's fortune in business. That was why they came there. But they're all super into like going, working out. And It's interesting. It is. Yeah. And, and I was I was actually working in a campus job. I think they was paying like $11 an hour or like something around that, or $10 an hour at the time. 
And they were like, hey, can you help me get into shape the way you did? I was like, sure. And I was like, and, and at the time I didn't understand sales. So I was just like, well, how much would you want to pay me? And they were like, I'll give you $20 an hour or $20 a session. I was like, wait, I'm getting paid double compared to like my, my job. campus job. Yeah. So I started taking on these, these kids and it was fun. Then you I, didn't plan on doing that though, right? No. It just came. It just, it just yeah. came as an opportunity. I feel like the best things in the world and in life, they just come. It's just synchronicity. Like that. It, I didn't, I didn't have a plan. And I think that's when I, I took it to the next level because there was like a gym called Boston Sports Club that was right down the hill from my school. Sure. And I used to go there a little bit. And I got to a point, I was like, huh, what if I was a trainer here? So I talked to him about it. I was like, how much do trainers usually can, can usually make here? They're like, oh, you can make like $50 a session. I was like, $50 a session? I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, what do I need to do? They're like, get a certification. So I go, I, I get the top certification. It's called NASM, uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine. And this is why I was in school. I invested $700 that I didn't have into this certification. I, I had like this um, credit card, my first ever credit card. It's like, well, throw it on there. And from there, it was just like, wow, like I'm actually doing this now. I failed the course the first time. Right? I went, I took the test, I failed it. Second time, I got it. Um, I actually passed it with flying colors. And I was very educated on just everything, what to do. Um, so I went back. I was like, hey, here's my certification. They're like, great, let's get started. So they start teaching me like how to be a trainer. I start shadowing a bunch of trainers and I quickly become one of the top trainers there as a, as a young person. <clears throat> and I'm just getting client after client while also going to school, while also hanging out with my friends, while doing all that, I'm making money. That's awesome. I'm like, this is great. And mind you, I'm still working somewhere, but it feels like I'm not because I'm getting my own clients. Right? Did you feel like I'm making money without a degree? Like that feeling? I didn't have that good? thought. I don't think that registered in my head really? because I was still in school. Okay. I thought this was just kind of like a side thing yeah. at the time, right? Um, and yeah, fast forward, man, like I just became that trainer guy. And people kept hitting me up about workouts and stuff. And we took a we took a trip. Um, so this was my sophomore year to, or no, junior year, I believe, um, to San Francisco. Uh, that was almost like a, a weird, like, a broad study abroad opportunity, but I ended up doing consulting for like ClassPass, which is like a tech company in fitness. Yeah. Um, which I loved that side of things. That was cool. That's what got me into more business, but on the tech side. Um, but I wanted to stay in San Francisco, right? So I ended up actually, and I had no money. This is a whole different story. I had no money. Um, I was like, I either go back to the projects with my parents or I find a way to stay in San Francisco. And I was like, what am I going to do? I started couch surfing. I had a friend that um, lived in San Francisco at the time. Akeem, he's one of my close friends. And like, he's like, hey, stay on my couch. I had no money. I literally had like maybe $100 to my name in San Francisco. Wow. People don't know San Francisco was and still is one of the most expensive yeah. cities in the country. So I'm like really depressed because I'm like, dude, like, what am I doing here? Like, I have no money. So you, did you drop out of school then? No. This was all like... Leading up to the, because during the summer, that's when my my study abroad opportunity was done. Like all the money they gave me for staying in San Francisco ran out. Okay. So I was like, how am I going to make money here? Like, what am I going to do? 
And I'm I'm sit I'm sleeping on this floor because at that time, like I just felt like I was abandoned, man. Like I had a girlfriend at the time. We ended up taking. But what a break. did you like about San Francisco, though? Why did you want to stay? I wanted to stay because it was vibrant, man. It was just I felt alive when I was there. You just had a good feeling about it. I had a great feeling because one, people there were very different from Boston. Very open, like sunny. I'd never been in that. It was area. A good energy. It was great good. energy. Yeah. And I was like, I gotta stay here. And I was just like trying to figure it out, man. Like, and I was just on my own. And I remember I told I, I was with my friend Akeem, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna blow up this summer. He's like, How? And I was like, I'm gonna go apply to Equinox. I'm gonna get a job there. Equinox? Yeah, Equinox. What's that? So it's it's <laughs> the top luxury fitness club, I wanna say in the country. Okay. But that was in San Francisco. That was in San Francisco, yeah. the heart of San Francisco. It's like, dude, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to get a lot of clients there. I'm going to, I don't know how, but I'm just going to find a way. Right. He's like, all right, dude, let's see, let's see it happen. So I go, I apply. Um, they, they're like, oh yeah, we want you as a trainer. And they had exams that you take to see what tier of a trainer you could get, you could become. And I ended up becoming tier two, which was rare. Nobody had passed that. It was one of the hardest tests ever. Yeah. Um, I passed it and they were like, okay, you're a tier two trainer, which means I made more money. So I started off rather than making $20 a session, I'm now making like 40, That's awesome. 36 to 40. So that's my starting. And now it's like, okay, well now you got to go get clients. My first three weeks of that summer, I was getting like three, four clients a week. I was hitting the bonuses there. I was seeing checks more than I ever have. And I was like, okay, this is cool. So I was like, all right, Akeem, thank you so much. I'm going to go get an apartment. We're still talking and stuff. I now have money to get an apartment. I'm ramping up my clientele. And I met this editor um, from Pop Sugar Fitness while I was training at Equinox. And she was like, I want to do like an article around you because you're like a really good trainer here. So she wrote this article that did so well, like blew me up. I started getting followers overnight on Instagram. So now I was like, I got to start creating more content. I'm literally posting three times a day. What'd you do with your girlfriend? Did you guys break up or oh, something? Oh, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> but but no, nah, so, man. Yeah, she was in Boston. I would be pissed if my No, nah, she, she was in. So we lived together in San, San Francisco. Okay, so she came to San Francisco. Yeah, and, and we were going through like a very rough patch. And she just was like, hey, I need a break. This was at my lowest point. Really? I needed somebody. You were 20, 21? Dude, I was 20. You were a kid. I was 21 or 20. And I just was like, man, I like need somebody yeah. to like talk to. This is a very hard time. Like I literally have no money. I have nothing. You're betting on yourself. Big I'm literally time. betting on myself. And yeah. and at the time, she wasn't really big into the whole entrepreneurship stuff. And so she just ended up leaving and hit me up on FaceTime. It was like, hey, like I we should take a break by the way. Any guy, if you take a break, it's a breakup. Just saying, that's how I look at it. I didn't look at it like that at the time, but oh, I take that personal for sure. I did. I, I did, but I, I didn't. It hurt. It, it like... hurt, man. Cause I was just like, man, like I'm at my lowest point and I never have support at my lowest point. This is a continuous pattern in my life. Bro, I can relate to that. hundred percent. And it's like, dude, it's one person I confided in. Just left. I'm gonna write it down because I want to talk about. <laughs> oh man, you want to get into that talk, man? Nah, really, we have to. It, it was one of those things where I just I got to a point, man. I was just like mad, and I was just like, dude. And I just yeah, she she ended up going to do her thing. 
um, when she she actually came back because she had an internship um, in San Francisco herself. She's like, hey, like, let's hang out. Let's, I was like, nah. Yeah, we're, for how long did you stay in San Francisco for? I stayed there for like, what, like total? Yeah. Six months. And then you went back to school? I went, I'll get into that. Yeah, I went oh, back yeah. to school. But going back to, I start making content now. Yeah. I'm getting a ton of followers. I came back, I had made, I want to say 15 grand over the span of three months. Really? Let's see. In the summer. This is more than a lot of kids' internship money. Yeah. I had my own apartment in San Francisco. I'd had the best experiences. I was blowing up on social media. I You're came like, back. I'm to, a baller, bro. I came back to school with ten thousand followers. That's awesome. From from a thousand. Yeah. I was getting featured. I was getting modeling opportunities in San San Francisco. When I came back to school, man, everybody saw me as that guy. They're like Martell. He, all the girls who Martell this, Martell that. It was the craziest experience of my entire life. That's sick. And it changed me. And, you know, the same girl comes back. Saying, hey, Wait, let, let's talk about this for a minute. Because you blew up, more opportunities mm-hmm. came. Now you're seeing more success as a young kid, which is amazing. Yeah. But that didn't happen overnight. It came no. from you betting big on yourself, oh. which is what most people, most kids don't do because yeah. they don't have the balls to do that. You know, and that's something that in, in my case, I think is if you want to win, like, yourself like you as an individual you are your your biggest investment yeah and you have the best return ever so it's like why wouldn't you just bet on yourself big time you know dude i i'll be honest most people don't bet on themselves a lot because they did not burn the boats let's talk about that for a minute because i truly believe bro that the magic happened the, the magic happens when you don't have any other option yeah, your back's against the wall. Like, for me... Like, zero options mentality. That's where the magic happens because you have to fight like a dog to survive. I'm not going back home to a big house with my parents who make a lot of money and I can just hang out. I'm going back to the projects of Brooklyn, New York with no AC in the hood if I don't make things work in San Francisco. Yeah. Regardless. I didn't even have money for a flight, so I don't know how I was going to get that. <laughs> so I was actually probably going to be on the streets with the homeless. And there's a lot of homeless people in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Right? And so I was like, something, something has to work. And that's when just things clicked and I just action, action, action. Did you always have the chip on your shoulder, though? Since always, when you were a kid? Always. Because um, people, these young kids, bro, they don't know how to turn the negative. And I mean, you mentioned, I really want to talk about it because I feel like when, when you've had rough situations in your life, mm-hmm. like a, a tough childhood or whatever, like that's a gift if you know how to use it. Yeah. Because if you can turn that into fuel and to turn it into productive action, bro, you can be unstoppable. Yeah. Like I, I feel the same way, bro. Because like, and that's why I do a lot of crazy stuff because I'm like, bro, these kids, <laughs> these guys, they can't, you can't compete against me, bro. You have yeah. no idea all the hell I've been in my life. Yeah. All the pain I'm willing to tolerate to win because of all the crap that I've been through, bro. When I can relate, like what you just said, like, bro, every single time that I was struggling, the times I wanted to kill myself, the I've times I, I was looking to God and he's like, bro, too. just give me, send someone. Nobody showed up. Mm-hmm. No one. Like, bro, my mom, and I don't, I don't know if you know much about my story, but like my mom calling me, this is last year, calling me every single morning because mm-hmm. they're getting divorced and telling how my dad is freaking like doing a bunch of uh, dumb crab and like finances he's struggling for her and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then seeing my little brother that I'm like, his dad, his role model and he has tumors all over his body and that he could die like freaking tomorrow. And that he talks highly about me and that he's going deaf, going blind. And then people ask me, Oh Ben, why do you do what you do? And I'm like, bro, if you had any idea of all the hell I've been 
in my life, you want to understand why I do what I do. And you, you have the boss to judge me or to freaking say, why am I so extremist or the urgency or why do I think the way I think? <laughs> Be in my shoes. You would know. freaking crumble for two minutes. Yeah. Because you could see that freaking, I don't have another option rather than winning my life because I have a lot of freaking people counting on me. Because I want to win for them, not for me. But I know them, they don't have time. And because they don't have time, I put that on my freaking back and I don't have time to mess around. And that's why I do the same damn thing Monday through freaking Monday. Mm -hmm. And I don't stop because like, bro, I'm not going to be here forever. Yeah. You know, and they're not going to be here forever, you know? So he's like, dude, I get so passionate talking about it because yeah. this is, people don't get it. They don't get it. They man. don't get it. People are, people are privileged. Especially young kids, bro. He's like, bro, I, I come here to the States and I see all the resources, <laughs> freaking good things that people have like Utah, how safe it is. And like everything that is given and you, you, bro, if you don't succeed, it's, you're literally stupid. Yeah. Like, you have, like I'm sorry, but I'm just being honest, bro. Cause yeah. I'm like, bro, you have everything and you yeah. don't appreciate anything. You complain about everything. You play the freaking victim. Yeah. Like freaking yeah. you struggle and have depression. Cause your freaking dad didn't buy you an iPhone. Dude, dude, you have no idea what freaking struggle is like, bro. Depression is real. I'll tell you that right. I've had moments where it was like, but the, all these kids that are complaining because their problems. Oh, my daddy didn't buy me an iPhone, bro. No. I don't have. I'm like, bro, you let me teach you real stuff, bro. I had to do arm guard for two weeks because my house got burned and freaking people robbing to our house twice, and I didn't sleep from twelve until seven a.m. for two weeks arm guard because the freaking cops they can't they can't use their guns because they we can't, it's like you're on your own. It's like people don't know what true struggle is, bro. No, they don't. It's insane. And it, it's crazy because. A lot of them have backup plans. That's my whole, I always go back to this, man. Like my entire life, every time I've been in my lowest point, I, it's sad, but I can't call anybody in my family and, and be bailed out of anything. All of my decisions were mine. Anything that happened, it was me. My mom, all she'll say, Martel, I'll pray for you. That's it. Like you're on your own. You're on, I, and it's not even because she's doing it to teach me a lesson. They have no resources. They don't know how to maneuver in this life. They're foreigners. But, but dude, it's a blessing. You know why? Huge blessing. God and just life in general, yeah. it teaches you to develop the mental skills. For sure. Discipline, grit, resilience, fortitude, like all this stuff yeah. that nobody can teach you. Yeah. But they don't teach you that at school. You can't just learn like through your parents or through a book. You have to learn it through pain, struggle, and just real life. being on, in hell. You learn that in hell, you know? And all these young kids, they don't have those skills. No. That's why I'm really glad we're talking about it because I'm all about develop develop the skills, bro. Because those skills pay off big time. Yeah, you know. So sorry, sorry, I cut you off. No, you're keep, good. Keep you, I don't even think you cut me off. I'm, I'm trying to remember <laughs> where we were, but the the options. The, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, Let, let's talk about. I want to dive more into your story. Okay. How you were able to develop those zero options mentality because you, you can't count on anybody. It's just you. Yeah. Like, what's the real stuff that you've been through? Because I want to show people that freaking these kids, dude, like their struggle is nothing. Dude, There's always somebody that has it worse than you. Here's what's, you want to know when you really struggle? When you, you know you really struggle when you look back at what you went through and you're more, you're in more pain now than you were at the time. Okay. And explain that for a minute. So I'll give you a good example. When I was young in Brooklyn, in the projects, I didn't realize cockroaches running over my face when I was going to sleep on a cot, not having cold water or not having hot water and having to like have a tin, tin can to like give myself a shower. Like I didn't realize that stuff was bad. Having to go through like it's all food drives, yeah. like not having, 
um, food stamps, all that. Like, I I was fine. I was like, oh, this is life. Yeah. I was enjoying what other people, if they were in my shoes, they'd be they'd be crying. They they'd want to hurt themselves because it's just not. It, it, it's just not what life is for most people. Most people live in a very cushy lifestyle. I didn't have that. I saw my my parents, my my mom working three jobs, right? My dad having an aneurysm, not being able to work, almost dying in my hands. What's an aneurysm? Brain aneurysm. Okay. So that's when uh, I, I want to say a blood vessel pops in your brain and it starts bleeding. Okay. And literally, if I had if I had taken a second later to call nine one one, he would have died. Wow. Right. This was when I was 10, just moved to Arizona, like so many different things, man. Like just seeing, just talking to my uncle who went to Rikers Island, which is one of the biggest, craziest prisons you could ever go to. Right. Explain to me his story. Um, just growing up, gang violence, being initiated into something like getting a blue handkerchief. Like, hey, Martel, put this on. Like, that's crazy. Come come with me. Like, let's go rob this store. So why you didn't end up like that, bro? Because like statistically, you would have. Why? Why are you not in prison? Why are you not like all those guys? What the creator, you man. God, like I'm just gonna be honest. There's no reason why I shouldn't have ended up like that. Yeah. And the biggest thing is like that just wasn't my that wasn't my path. That but was, do you feel like deep down you were always like I want something better for myself? Every time I think like that to this day, I'm never satisfied with anything. Even when you were young. Even when I was young, I was man. I lived in, I think what happened was when we moved to Arizona and the reason we moved to Arizona was because my uncle, who arguably is the most successful in my entire family, he was working at um, Honeywell, which is this big tech company, and they relocated him to Arizona. I was going through what I was going through in Brooklyn, New York, and he was like, hey, he told my mom, he was like, look, we got to move him to a better location or else he's literally going to die. Like he's not going to survive there. Like with all the different influences that are like around him, he has to get somewhere else. Cause I was I was very smart as a kid. Every teacher would tell my mom, like, this kid's gonna go somewhere. I, I think that's huge. Sorry to, to cut yeah. you up, but I think for for a young kid that don't know what to do with their lives or whatever, I, I feel like a really good first step is change your environment. You have to, to start. I think that's a huge one for me. Like just come to the States and do it like it opened me so many doors. Yeah. Changing just your environment, just moving around, it gives you a different perspective of that, just life. So it gives you more. Yeah. That's what I was saying that's with the great, basketball that's thing. That's game. how basketball yeah. went to business, right? It was, I had way more of a perspective of what else was out there. So yeah. when I moved to Arizona, now I'm seeing big houses. Now I have white friends that have these big, large houses Their parents are like anesthesiologists, doctors. You were exposed to more stuff. I'm like, wait, how? Did, and I'm asking them. I'm like, how did? How do you live here? They're like, I don't know. My parents just bought this house. I'm like, I live in an apartment right now. <laughs> how did you? And and so now, I'm like, okay, there's more. Yeah. And now I start looking back to where I lived, and I was like, man, I really lived. Like But did you have those conversations with your parents? They no. like them talking about you. No, you didn't. Never did. It was just like an. Dude, that was, that's that's my biggest that that's my biggest um, regret, and even to this day, my relationship with my parents are not as deep as it could, as it could be. With both, with both, even being like the only child. Yeah, because we held a lot of conversations back. We felt these emotions, but never talked about it ever, and it it just stayed bottled up. Yeah, that's bad. Really bad, right? Yeah. 
and we would we'd have bursts of anger and go through these conversations of like, and most of it was how I was feeling because I was always afraid like I can't tell them how I really feel about this. Why they're gonna hate me, right? Or I'm and and my parents have used this against me like you're gonna go to hell, like no like you can't say this, you can't think like this, you can't do that. So that restricted me so much that I I just couldn't. Open oh, okay, up to and it. add that. Okay, now that I'm honest, I guess they were pastors, the church religion, yeah, so we're always like. Free. It was to the book. I couldn't Sorry. I couldn't question anything. Yeah. So any emotions I had, I just kept it to myself, which is hard because, you know, being an only child, you, you can't talk to your brother, <laughs> yeah. you can't talk to your sister. So and it I comes just, to a point that you explode. You, you explode. Have, you have everything inside, dude. So I, when when did that happen? That happened in college. That happened. I was I was actually a junior. This is when I came back, man. This is the craziest thing. Um, everything was good. Like I told you, like came back from San Francisco. I'm sitting in my dorm by myself and I'm, I just start crying out of nowhere. Right. And by the way, the year before that, my grandpa had passed away. I didn't even mention this. Were you guys tight? That he, to this day is the biggest mentor of my, over my dad, over my mom the biggest mentor of my entire life. Why? Because he allowed me to open up. Any sensitive conversation, non, non-polite conversation, I could have with him. No judgment, nothing. He just listened, give me good advice. That was the only family member I had at that time that ever did that. He didn't care. He was like, dude, I don't. I don't care what religious background you want to choose. I don't care what girl you end up being with. I don't care what you do, as long as you're living your life and you're happy with your life. And you're a productive member of society. That was my grandpa's entire life like mantra for me. He allowed you to be yourself. Oh, yeah. And he That's, celebrated everything that I did. I got into good. playing piano because of him. That was a big skill that I had developed over time. Music was a big thing because my I knew my grandfather was big into music, so I got into everything he liked. I wanted to like. So when he passed away, like, oh, was- dude, that was that was the first like, and that was my sophomore year. That was the first ever breakdown I've ever had. I don't cry often. I was bawling, yeah, for months. I I just life just flipped. I was like, man, who am I going to talk to? Mind you, I have two parents. They're not divorced. They're together. I have two wholesome parents that I cannot go to. I could only go to this one person and he passed away of a heart attack. Like, that's tough, man. so it's like, or cardiac arrest. But I was just sitting there like, man, like who, literally who do I talk to What'd at you this do? point? I don't know. I, I literally don't know. I didn't know what to do. I was like, do I have to go follow him too? Like <laughs> maybe I have to go kill myself to be with him. Like I was having these thoughts. I was yeah. walking around like, I don't want to be here. Like this was the only person that like, it's like didn't an have angel to at the time, right? Cause you guys, I broke. did, but didn't this break? was before all oh, these before San Francisco. Yeah. This was before. Oh, San okay, Francisco. before this was a year before. Was she like any supportive at all? Or? She was very supportive actually of, of that whole situation. But again, I was so used to bottling things up. Yeah. I didn't open up. I'd wait till she left and started. Crying. Are you still like that? Not anymore. What changed? Or just life just forced you to change? Um, I think being around, like, as I got older, I was around different women who would almost, like, change the way I thought about relationships. Okay. 
I was like, oh, the last relationship I was in was really bad based off of this new relationship, right? Every new relationship I'd be in or new situation I'd be in, I would always just open up a bit more to the point where my relationship now, I'm like completely vulnerable. I'm open. That's good. Right? I, I relate to that, bro. It's hard. For me, be, because life just taught me that it's just you. And yeah. And people care, but like they're not gonna do anything for you, whatever. Like I, I, I just kept everything to myself for a long time. And don't get me wrong, like it helped me a lot. To yeah, like, and achieve a lot of stuff and just grow super, super fast and just push through stuff and and, and overcoming everything. But it got to a point that I'm like I was breaking inside. Yeah, you know. And now, I mean, I, I can talk about stuff that I've happened that has happened in my life before, but I have a hard time talking about like present stuff now i'm way better and i've shared this before like i i've learned when just it, it happened last year actually in december because something happened with my little brother and and he could talk to me started crying and i just like freaking broke down and i just started talking to people and it just healed my soul just talking about it because i always tell like people i'm like bro even with my mom i'm like i know what to do i just need somebody to listen to me yeah especially with guys because sometimes for us it's way different yeah people see it or society see it as a so with weakness instead yeah. of just, I don't know. But I think it, it's really healthy just to talk about it, bro, with somebody. Very, very yeah. healthy. And I just didn't have it. Like, I didn't have anybody to really talk to like that. Um, that I at least felt like was invested in me. Yeah. At the time. I had mentors, but it was all like career related, basketball related. It's, it's cool to have people in your life that you know that they care. Yeah, it. it's like you don't have to give them anything and they just care. Yeah. You know, so it's like losing that, I was like, man, this, what now? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a low point, but my lowest point had to have been yeah, my junior year coming back, man. I just looked at everything that happened and I just still felt unhappy. Even after the San Francisco even, thing. E yeah, even after all that, I was like, man, this is cool, but something's wrong. And it was it's really my relationship with my parents that got me. Like the the spirituality, this is why I say I, I have a disdain for religion for that reason. Yeah. Like I'd talk to my parents and it'd always be negative. I'd share a thought, it'd be like, You're going to hell, or you know, you you can't this isn't the right the right way to be a Christian and all this. And like I'd come back from a happy event and I'd have this conversation about going to hell. Everything had to do with going to hell. So I got to a point <laughs> so I, bad, it's so bad. But for me, I grew up trying I'm happy to, you're going to <laughs> I grew up trying to please that's, my that's parents true. so much, which that was, that's the worst thing, being a people pleaser to your own parents. Yeah. Like every time they would say that, it would just like rip a piece out. Yeah. Every time it rip, it rip, it rip to a point where I literally got to a point where I was like, you know what? I might as well go to hell now. <laughs> Let me see what it feels. No, I really was <laughs> thinking that. And it just got to me because those were the only people that like I wanted to please. I didn't care about pleasing anybody it's else. your parents like yeah. you want them to feel proud about you and everything yeah i'm the only child like yeah. you know they sacrificed a lot when when you know i was younger to to help me get to where i was and for them to be saying this i'm like there's something wrong with me i just shouldn't even be here anymore yeah, right feeling. so that was one man and it just the cycle would continue like every few months i would feel like that every few months i would feel like that and it just to a point where i just said you know what let me just get out of religion for a while and just figure myself out. What'd you do? Um, you stopped believing in God, stuff like that, or? Started? Stopped? No, I've never stopped believing in God, but I changed the way that I thought about God. Okay. Um, 
my entire life was God was this white dude in the sky that, which again, there's, there's a lot of identity crises that black young kids have that nobody talks about. But my whole life, it's like this white dude in the sky with a white beard. That's God. Innately, you start thinking and you don't, it, it's not at the forefront of your brain, but like just subconsciously, you never feel like you're enough because I'm not white. So if all I'm seeing is this white person in front of me that's supposedly the creator, right? Why am I not like him? I'm never going to be white. I, I can't change. But is that what your parents taught you about? Like God kind of that he, well, all that stuff? Well, my, my parents or encouraged waiting? it because that's what they believe. Yeah. Because that's how they grew up. They grew up thinking that, right? And we can go into the details of why that is. That It gets deep. But it just forced me to change how I think about it. Because my biggest issue when I was religious and when I was deep into Christianity was I'm, I'm not enough. Wow. I'm not enough. To my parents, to this, this white God in the sky, I can't be him. I'm black. I'm just not good enough. And a lot of kids have that thought. They just can't articulate it. Yeah. And a lot of people who are going to be listening to this are going to be like, man, I've had that thought so many times. Bad, yeah. I've gone to a Catholic church and seen white Mary, white Jesus, white Joseph. Why is there not a black, like, or just not even black or white? Just why put an image around God? That was, those were the thoughts that started going through my head. How'd you handle it though? What, what, what do you believe now? I believe there's a creator. I don't like using the word God because it, it there's a connotation around God that I don't like where it's like you you almost like you humanize him. Yeah. You see I'm saying him? It's like why 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 does God or the creator have a certain human aspect to and I like to say it because I don't know who God is. Yeah. Nobody even as much as Christians Muslims, people, they say, I know God. No, truly nobody knows God. You may have a feeling about God and there may be something that, that, you know, rattles you to the point where you believe in something, but you never can actually tangibly say what that is. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe in Jesus as like a prophet, as a prophet or just as a leader and somebody I'd like to be like in the future. Okay. But for me to say, Jesus is God, which is my entire life. That's what I believed. I can't say that now because I just don't know. Do you think all these beliefs that you have right now, I mean, probably was influenced when you were raised as a kid mm -hmm. for what your parents were telling you and everything, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, are you, are you still in the search? Like it's still a journey for you. Trying it's to a journey. Stuff, and, right? and the thing with me is I'm never going to say anything is not true because I don't know. Yeah. And that's where I feel like if religion was that way, where and and I'll, I'll I'll paint the picture for you. This is how I thought about. It. This is what freed me. There's a canvas. Imagine an art canvas, yeah. right? There's this huge painting. Different colors, blue, white, red, everything, right? That whole canvas is God. Let's just symbolize that as God. Not literally, figuratively, right? We're all humans. We're ants, right? Ants can only see forward, straight, right in front of them or below them. They can't see up. They don't even know that there's birds in the sky, hmm. right? They can only see what's in front of them. One 
ant goes up on this canvas, right? Crawls up on this canvas on the wall. And they look down. They're like, oh, wow, this is blue. This is God, right? That same ant goes back. All these other ants are migrating around, just moving around. They're like, yo, blue, that's God. That's God. That's God. They convince all these other ants, blue is God. Another ant accidentally strays away, goes to yellow. No, 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 yellow's God. Convinces all these other ants, no, yellow's God, yellow's God. They're all on the same canvas, the same exact canvas. And they're convincing each other like, no, blue's God. No, yellow's God. But in reality, it's all the same thing. Yeah, It's the same principle. Every religion has very similar principles for a reason. I feel like... Because I always encourage people, because I know there's a lot of uh, church influence. And I, honestly, I'm pretty active because I love freaking religious stuff. And yeah. I'm, God is like 99% of who I am and everything. Yeah. But I always encourage people like, dude, just believe in something. Like, yeah. you, know, like you need that in your life. You do. Regardless if it's like a Muslim or like freaking Catholic or being a Christian or this church or that church. Like just have have a belief. I'll tell you this. It gives you purpose. It gives you like meaning in life. It gives you like so many things that just not having a belief like it's it sucks you know i'm gonna tell you this and this is gonna be one of the most controversial things that i'll ever say if you're an atheist that god is chilean no <laughs> probably who knows but honestly that's pretty controversial in mind <laughs> it is you probably piss a lot of people off but to be honest for me there's no reason why i can't not believe in something because and and Again, I respect everybody's opinions because it's their opinions, it's their viewpoint. But if you're atheist and you say God doesn't exist, you're literally like disrespectful and probably one of the dumbest humans on planet Earth. Because it's like, how are you going to say that you've been around everything in the universe to say God doesn't exist? Like, honestly, like, dude, it's common sense. Like, just look at your body. Not even that. Just look at nature. Don't even don't even assume that there is anything. Just say, I don't know. It's perfectly fine. But yeah. you're arrogant if you call yourself an atheist and say, oh, God doesn't exist. How do you know? You're literally one particle in this universe that has not, that's barely lived a blimp of even when the universe existed. I think that beliefs come from like an ego thing. Though. It's definitely an ego thing. I don't think it's like an even like a belief like, oh, I can prove you why I got... I think it's just an ego thing. I think even with very religious people, there's a lot of ego where they believe their God is the only God and everything else is is non-existent when it's like... Yeah, I, I agree with that, especially here because a lot of people, they just judge. They're really judgmental. Yeah. And, and I'm always like, dude, I have a lot of friends that work way different. In a lot of beliefs or culture-wise or just everything. But the one thing that we have in common is that we love helping people and building people up and we want to win. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that's why I always say, like, dude, if, if you fall in that category, I want to be around you. Yeah. I don't care who you sleep with, your color, your yellow, purple. Yeah, freaking, for real. It doesn't from matter. I don't care, bro. Like, you, you do you, I do me, and that's fine. Because, like, I truly believe that the world needs more of that of just, dude, just respect each other bro i don't have to put my thoughts in you on yeah. you and your thoughts on me or, or your beliefs we can talk about it in a really healthy way and just compare opinion and beliefs and i think that's fine the world needs those conversations to happen yeah but nobody wants to talk about politics nobody wants to talk about like this stuff that we're just religion talking about is a tough topic or man. religion i'm like bro just freaking live your let your ego aside yeah and just communicate with people and you're gonna have a better understand understanding of people's opinions and it makes the world a, a most beautiful place and balanced because we have to be different. Yeah. We're not equal. We're not. We're different. And that's fine. You know? So 
I don't know, dude. I think that's a huge thing, especially right now. There's a lot of division. A lot. All these kids, they, they don't know what's going on in the world. And people don't talk about this anymore. Mm-mm. You get canceled if you do. <laughs> it's uh, just like. The, yeah, it's, cancellation is interesting to me, man. I just feel like, you know, I'm very different where I'm neither right, left. I don't care. I'm like, let me leave, bro, and I'll let you leave. That's it. I think that's like with the younger generation, it's going to be tough because. You're almost pressured to pick a side with everything. The thing is, bro, like part of like my my show and I really like is it's giving people true education because even with politics, bro, I've talked I've talked with a lot of young kids. Oh, sorry. And they're like, oh, I don't want to get involved. And it's like too contention and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, you're stupid. <laughs> Cause you're gonna lose everything because you don't you just don't get educated. I'm not telling you pick a side. Yeah, just but learn we're at a about point it. that is good versus evil. Like, it's not left versus right. It's good versus evil. Like, have an opinion on things. It's not even just that. It's have an opinion, but also, like, do more research. Like, on, just care. Just care a little bit. Learn about, but but also learn about the macro, learn about the micro, understand how, how the government works, understand why politics even exists in the first like they place. They have no self-awareness, None. brother. No, there's, there's a lot of conversations I have, and this may sound arrogant, but... I just feel like I'm talking to like, they call them NPCs, non-playable characters. Bro, dude, I, I feel, <laughs> dude, I feel the same way, dude. Like, it's not even to be air. It's just like, well, but it's the truth. It's not that you're better, but you're just different. Yeah, you're just I'm different. just, I'm thinking like, why do you do, like, why do you think the way you think? <laughs> or do you think at all? Or are you just regurgitating like the media, like what dude, they I told thought I was you? the only person that thought this way, bro. No, I have, and, and a lot of my friends are like this. And that's why it's good to surround yourself with not even just like-minded people, but people who think different in any people way, People have the same form. purpose or same mission or something like that. Because like, you, you start to notice the people who are very ambitious are very driven. They don't think the same as the people no. who aren't. I'm like, bro, I, I made a video today because I'm like, bro, I look around like my generation, all these kids like 23, 22, 20, what are they doing? Hanging out with their friends, going to parties, chilling. Like the most fulfilling thing going on is probably going to school and like uh, their girlfriend or partner or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, like I can't relate to these guys. So I'm like, I look at people and I'm like, bro, what the hell are you doing with your life? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Like, wh- <laughs> like, bro, like, like, what do you do, bro? And it doesn't come from a place of me just being a dick. Yeah. It comes from a place of you have so much inside of you, so much potential, and you're wasting every single thing, everything. Yeah. Because you don't want to, you're just there and you're just living life and you're just average. You know what, though? You're just doing everything what like everybody else is doing. And for me, that's like, bro, I always do the opposite. Like, like it's, you just, know what? it's just weird. I will say this because I've had to learn this the hard way because- you know, you, you have, I have the same thought you do, but when you start looking at how people's lives develop, everyone's different, right? I agree. Yeah. And so like, you'll start to see that people who statistically come from like bad upbringings, they tend to succeed earlier in life. Right. That's true. That's yeah. just, just how it works Yeah. because you have a chip on your shoulder your whole life. There's something that's pushing you forward. A lot of people, if they live in, and most people today, they live in a very comfortable environment. So there's never that push to change. Change always comes from yeah, but dude, you some sort of your discomfort. Agency. Yeah, but the thing is, people start to realize that when negative things happen in their life, aka lost my job. Here's a big one, right? Which layoffs that just happened. The layoffs that just happened 
forced everyone to start thinking like, wait, I'm not safe. Wait, getting a job the way that everybody taught me like this was the safe route. I just lost it. I have no money coming yeah. in. What am I going to do? It changes how you think. We had the same epiphany earlier because you were like, well, what am I going to do? My family, I need to do this. I, need, I have backs against the wall. They're hitting that stage later. So that, like you said before, it's a blessing to go through early pains as a, as a kid because you get that epiphany a lot earlier than a lot of people. I, I agree. But I would also say that I've met a lot of people. Like young, I just met with a girl. She's 21. Her dad is a freaking really successful entrepreneur. And now she's the CEO of this a company and has like 15 employees and mm -hmm. she does a lot of volunteer work and work with charities and she's 21 and she had all the resources and she took advantage of it because of the good example now this is what i will say though i think the true problem because i i get it mm -hmm. like these kids they're sleeping a lot of them they're getting distracted it's not their fault because the system and, and all this stuff but i look at like the role models mm -hmm. the singers and even some some athletes that they're just athletes and their messages they're just full of crap yeah and i don't even think is that it's their fault like the the bad role models that they are i i truly believe that the problem is that there's a lack of good role models it's people who can take that responsibility upon themselves and be like i'll lead the way i'll teach these kids what's possible i'll be their leader i'll wake them up I'll show them what they could do in their own lives. And I truly believe these younger generation, they're struggling because there's a, a lack of true leaders, yeah. a lack of good role models That's true. that they're not stepping and, and they're not speaking the truth or standing for something that they believe. Yeah. And I think that's why the evil is, it's in all these freaking, bro, I freaking picked up this kid from the airport, really famous singer. A lot of people follow him and everything. He makes money singing about his breakup and wanting to kill himself and just mental health. And I met him. He's the most entitled kid in the freaking world. I wanted to punch him so bad. <laughs> he painting his nails and all these freaking stuff. And I'm like, bro, freaking man used to conquer and kill for a living. And now you're painting and you're dressing like a girl. Sorry, but he's like, that's not. Yeah. And people look up to him and he's 24. Hmm. You know, and I'm like, you know what? It's not your fault. It's people like us, people that know they should step out of their comfort zone and lead by example and show there's what's freaking possible because there's a lot of people that are waiting on people like that. A hundred percent. I think again, it's, it's a cycle, right? And again, I don't want to say, cause I know it's controversial. It's like, Oh men dressing like do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, just know that. Yeah. But come on, man. You just say, cause I know it's it, like, freaking. here's, here's what I will say. Life happens in cycles, okay. right? Dynasties happen in cycles. When there are good times, everyone's calm. Everybody wants to explore different things. They want to explore their sexuality because we're comfortable. They want to explore, you know, this is how dressing up, fashion, all the... Everybody wants to look at all the non-essential things yeah. because everything's good. When everything's bad, wars, which again, I don't know. We, I mean, there are cycles, right? We're, we're going to have these cycles again. Big recessions, damn near depressions financial everything's going to happen right you're going to see a shift we won't have time to start thinking about these things guys dressing like girls you're not going to see that anymore cuz what's going to happen there's going to be a need for essentials right now there's no need for essentials which is why you see what you're seeing now i had to come I mean to terms but with i that. feel like there there's a huge need right now for essentials and leadership especially right now there's a huge right need for it right now but what i'm saying is it's only going to compound over time yeah, I agree. and a lot of the a lot of the the 
clown world stuff that you see, I call it clown world because it is clown world. You're going to start seeing that decline a lot because there's going to be a need for the essentials, the leadership, somebody who's actually strong and like capable, right? Guys right now, a lot of guys don't work out. Yeah, but this is the thing, bro. Like when people say like, oh yeah, somebody's going to show up, bro. Like nobody's going to, it's you, me and the people 100%. listening to the show. 100%. You know, it's us. Yeah. Like it's us that we got to step up because we can't. We can't as you, as we said in the beginning, you can't wait for anybody. There's nope. no, there's no team. I've tried to wait. That's gonna come help you or I rescue. There's, it's not gonna show up. Yeah. So it's like it's on us. You know, like I see, like freaking talking about like wokeness and stuff, like the military <laughs> here in the U.S., like the Navy, talking about the LGBTQ and celebrity all this stuff. While meanwhile, in Russia and China, oh, it's a different They're like world. training people to kill, dude. It's a different. You know, world. it's like bro, that goes <laughs> back the... to, but that goes back to what I was saying, right? We're we're now engaging in pointless discourse and i call it pointless because it doesn't lead to anything positive yeah it, it just leads to just oh i'm gonna go do this or i'm gonna go try that just because we're so comfortable while in russia and all these other countries they got bombs flying over their head yeah there's no time to be thinking about oh what's the best outfit of the day what's the best um oh i like my chai lattes in the morning nobody cares about that in russia I'm just saying, like it's true, bro. Like and, I, agree. I, and, I get it. And I don't come from the standpoint of I hate, you know, like all the the stuff that people do now. It's natural selection, bro. The strongest will survive, and the weak will die. That's just how it is. Look at animals. That is how it is. But like a freaking lion is not complaining. Like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. Oh poor me. No, if he doesn't go on and hunt, he's gonna die. You know? I don't Somebody's have. Gonna kill I don't him. have like, my <laughs> avocado toast this morning. <laughs> like, yes, freaking, bro, cut your crap. That's, get, just get to work. Get it's to work. different. It's, yeah. it's a different environment. And all I'm saying is there's going to be a huge shift and people are going to wake up to their own agencies. Yeah. But as of right now, we don't have the environment for that to actually happen at a mass scale. There's going to be people. There are people that, you know, are doing like, like us. We're, we're out. We're getting things done. We're very focused. We're very driven. We're trying to build things, right? But because there's this illusion that everything's already been built people just want to chill and that's what that's how yeah. rome fell yeah and let's talk about this dude because i think especially right now and i always preach about this that before we came to this world we we saw that was going to happen what was going to happen in the world and god showed us like the the whole history of the earth and that everybody right now you me and every single person who's listening to the show we chose to be here mm -hmm. because we realize how messed up the world's going to be, that the, there's a lack of leadership, lack of leaders, a lack of true dads and mothers and, and people who can show you what's possible in your life and inspiration and all of this. And we said, I want to be there because I want to contribute. I want to be an example. I want to be a role model. Like we're here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I want to jump into this topic is this is how you and me met. Yeah. Talking about purpose and that there's a huge opportunity right now to matter. Mm -hmm. There's a huge opportunity right now to make a difference. There's a huge opportunity right now to inspire other people with your life. And, and, and I take this personal because this is something that I've always wanted. You know, in my life, when I, I almost killed myself in 2017 and a bunch of other stuff that I've, I've been through in my life. And it all came because I didn't know that I mattered. Mm -hmm. You know, but now when I look to society, I look what's going on with young kids and young people and in society and everything i'm like bro now you can matter mm -hmm. in the history of the earth and that's a huge purpose now you can you because of your influence because you can show people what's possible you can be part of all of this 
Yeah. And you can feel that God or whatever you believe in is working through you to make a difference in this world. You know, and, and I want to talk about this because, I mean, that's how we met, you know, it was, yeah. it was funny. We met like what you At said six gym. months ago. Yeah. I was working out and Martel saw me and he, he needed some tips and some guidance, you know. I did. You know, he, he wanted some... I was trying to get like you, 22 inch arms, man. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> no, let's talk about it. And let, let's wrap it up with this one because I, I want to finish with this topic, ta talking about purpose and, yeah. and how you can matter too. Yeah. Like everybody can matter right now. And there's a huge opportunity for people to step up right now. But we were at the gym. I was working out. And it was funny because I had a feeling to stay. There was nobody in the gym. I had a meeting with John and he left. John, we're gonna have we're gonna have him in the show. He's a really cool entrepreneur. He's really cool. So he left, and I just had a feeling I needed to talk to somebody. And I just stayed for like an hour, like extra hour. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna leave. And then you showed up. Mm -hmm. And then, well, you can tell the, the other part of the story, but like tell us like the conversation we had and everything. Yeah, man. I remember I was walking out of the building, to, like through the gym. And but why did you chose that door? Because you could have left the other the other. I door. don't even remember why I chose that door. I think. I was just like, oh, I don't want to take the other, because I think you had to lock the other door. I didn't sure. want to lock the other door. But I saw you, and I saw the, the 2020 U shorts. I think that was, a, was that the first question I asked was like, where did you I get think the, the first question was like, if I'm single. Yeah, I did. I, did. <laughs> I wanted to figure that out. <laughs> I feel like that's the I just kidding. No, but like, or I think I asked like what you were doing there. Yeah. I was like, hey, what are you doing here? And you're like, oh, I'm just working out. I was like, do you like do? And, and that was my first. I always ask this. I'm like, what, what do you do like for work or life or something? And you explain 20U and your purpose behind it. And I just, in my head, I'm like, this dude has it all together right now. I don't know what. <laughs> I've been through a lot. Like, I'm trying to figure things out. And that was our conversation, right? It was just like, like, what do I do with life, right? Like. And I had to ask you, like, what was your history? Like, you know, you broke down where you came from. And, and I resonated with that, right? It was just like, okay, well, what do I feel like I can contribute to the world? And I think, to be honest, a lot of young men go through this. Oh, for sure. At multiple stages of life because a man that's happy is a man with a purpose. Yeah. When you don't have it. I mean, that's for everybody. Like. Guys and girls. Like Guys and everybody. girls, but I want to specifically say men because you will fall into extreme depression yeah. when you feel like you're stagnant and you just don't have anything going on, right? Or you just feel like you're stuck. And you know what's funny is that I believe with all my heart, probably 90% of guys... Young guys, they feel like that. 100%. But they portray that they're cool, living life, going to the lake, no. going out with girls and all this stuff. But he's, that's fake. Yeah. Because I've sat down with a lot of them, a lot of them. And you ask enough wise, you go deep down into their soul. They're like, I'm not fulfilled. And again, I'm not I, confident. I don't want to say this doesn't happen to women too, but with men, it hits harder. Because yeah, it's expected from us to lead, to exactly. contribute. To sh yeah. It's in society. It's an evolution. It's yeah. how we've been brought up. So when you don't have a purpose, you start wondering why you exist. Yeah. Right? And you start wondering, like, well, what do I do? Like, how do I, like, you start seeing there are some guys that they aren't physically attractive and they just start thinking, like, man, girls don't like me. I have nothing. Right. And I think even with this, bro, is because 
for a guy, you need to have a lot of things to matter in society. You do. For girls, uh, sorry. Let's be not real. Really hating, but he's just the reality. You I don't think, need to be successful. I and, mean, and it's not being sexist, right? It's it's, it's just the reality. It's you know? the reality. For guys, it's harder. It's not. Because here's the thing. you got to be in shape. You got to make money. You have to have a good. You have to. Believe it. All these things to actually matter in society. And if you don't, like, we just push you away and screw you. Here, here's, the, here's the reality of how it is. And I don't care what anybody says. This is how it works. When you're born, men have zero value. None. Yeah. And the reason for that is because you have to build your, your way up. I agree. You're not, your looks don't matter. Like, nobody cares how you look when you're a, a little baby, right? Or like a, a kid. Nobody cares. With women, it's like, as you get older, people gravitate towards you because of how you look. Beauty is a big thing. Not saying that you don't have any other traits, but, but honestly, mo there's a lot of girls that, especially here, they're just really privileged by the way they look. And that's the only thing they have. And, and just they rely props. on it. And again, yeah. you can use that to propel yourself. Everybody has an advantage, yeah. right? Yeah. Guys, the advantage that a lot of guys have, they're driven early, right? They have a, a, a passion to do things early. That's, that's their lane, right? So with men, it's like, if people aren't valuing you for anything right now, it's not about how you look. You get to a certain point, you start getting a little bit of success, you start seeing more attention driven towards you, right? You start realizing that, wow, the more successful I am, oh, the better in shape I am. You have to go work out. Girls don't have to go work out. Nowadays they do, but like at the time, it's like, dude, it's not as much expected. It's not as expected. You, yeah, it's like with men, it's like you have to be in shape, you have to be strong because biologically, women are attracted to guys who look stronger because there's this thought of he can protect me. He can provide. But that's the role. He's responsible. I mean, honestly, even though it sucks that he's that way, I feel like it, it is what it is. Like yeah. you have, to, if you if you don't have value, become a valuable person. And that's the like, thing. It is what it is, bro. Here's the here's also the biggest difference. I commend all women that that um have achieved things, and I have friends who are women who have achieved a lot in life. Right, they're really successful entrepreneurs. But that is a choice for them too. They can do that. With men, it's like you have to do that. It's, it's not a choice. Like you, you don't just wake up and you're like, oh, I feel like being the best version of myself. Or like, I really, really want, like you have, like society, like you said, is like, no, that's expected. You have to do that. Like what? It's like default versus it's like being an entrepreneur and like, <clears throat> you know, not having that expectation. It, it, it's different. It's a very different dynamic. But I mean, I feel like it's, those are the roles. Like the, the role of the dude is to provide and protect for his family 100%. and to lead. Yeah. And and pro provide and protect financially and physically. And the role of the girl is to nourish his, her family spiritually and mentally. You know, like we have different roles and that's fine. And I feel like a lot of guys, even though, don't get me wrong, I, I know that sucks. And a lot of guys, they they struggle with like not knowing that they matter, their yeah. value and everything. But I'm sorry, you got to step up. That's just how it is. You just have to. You know, right. look, that's natural selection. That's natural order. You look at animals and the, the dude the lion, whatever, it's always hunting, providing, protecting, and they have different roles. And, and it, it is what it is. And that's where I think people people always say, oh, that's sexist. Because No. But dude, that's just the Here's reality, the thing. Bro. Each role, I feel like, is just as important. Oh, 100%. Like, being nurturing to a guy, you, you transform that and guy's this, this life. This is the thing. You have no idea, if you're a girl, how much a guy needs that. 
And I don't like think the nourishing part. I don't think women understand that they are the most powerful beings on the planet oh, because of that reason. They can make a dude's day. You can or make they can a dude. Screw it up. You can make a guy do it from a business. <laughs> per, no, let, so let's true. really break this down from a business perspective. You can, as a woman, own an entire empire off of just the nurturing and just who you are as a person. Yeah. Like you can literally leverage these things. Yeah. Whereas, like with men, it's like, yeah, we're perceived as big and bad, but it's like. You guys control why we do what we do. You know, there's a statistic. I don't know if you bring it up, but it is what it is. That most guys, I mean, I think it's for everything, but for guys, it, it came like like a long time ago that they do like 50%. I'm pretty sure it's way more now, but 50% of the stuff that guys do, they do it for a sexual thing for girls. Higher than that. <laughs> I know it's probably higher. 98%. <laughs> it's probably higher. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure the same thing with girls, but it's like, why you go to the gym? It's not because, oh, I want to be healthy. No, like if you actually ask enough wise and you go to the root, it's because you well, want to look better for somebody else. Let's, let's, Why do you want to make money? Let's break it down. <laughs> let's break it down to the root. I, I like going back to evolution yeah. biology, right? Yeah. As humans have evolved over time, the one thing has always been constant. Procreation yeah. has always been constant. Yeah. Anything that results to procreation is what the opposite sex will do, right? So for women, it's like, they want to be more attractive. It's makeup, right? It's doing all this because they want to attract the guy so that they can get the best guy so that they can procreate and be safe. I mean, they're more emotionally driven. They want the emotional connection. Right. And the guys, they're more the sexually driven. The guy wants driven. sexual connection. Yeah. But why? Because males over time, and not even just over time, from the beginning, their goal is... I need to procreate and, and make as much of me as possible. Not just that, bro. Like, if you look at your body and the way you were created, you were meant and built to connect with people. Yeah. You know, that's just a natural thing. So he's like, obviously, most of the stuff that you're going to do is going to go towards that thing. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a normal thing. But it's just funny how it works, you know. It, it is crazy. And, and I think, again, the roles, roles, I'm not saying that this is black and white. It always sometimes changes. I'll be real. Like, my mom was the provider in the family for me like as you, I know, you have crazy. the exception sometimes yeah you have the exception yeah. and and my mom is very strong like very strong woman has made a lot of sacrifices but again what she wants which is now is the reverse that's what she's always wanted and this is the thing dude like even with men let, let's talk about men for example you have your role be tough the leader and all this stuff mm -hmm. provide protect and you can do that, but you can also be emotional. You can also also 100%. be a sensitive person. You can also connect and show your emotions. You should. We're not saying that forget about that part and girls are just the emotional ones. For girls, yeah, you're more emotional and nourishment. That's your part. But you can also be strong and work in those things. You, same, you can yeah. be those things. There's a balance. But there's a, there's a role for sure that you have to do and you have to take and you have to fulfill. And that's a fact. You know, like with all the ideologies and everything that's going on right now, the freaking... Girls want to be paid at the same thing as guys, and guys, they're like, it's not gonna work. <laughs> like, it's, regardless of what you want, like the, the craziest. All right, we can talk about the pay gap stuff too. I think it's interesting because with the way that society is built right now, it's all about capitalism. It's all about how much value do you provide in the market, regardless Natural whether selection. you're male or female. I don't care. Yeah. Or whatever other gender if you're you the best, say, I don't care. You're gonna win. Like, if you're not, you're gonna. That's lose. just what it is. Yeah. I know women making a ton of money right now. Yeah. I know women not making much money right now. I know men making a ton of money right now. And you know a lot men of broke dudes. making a yeah. lot of money right now. Yeah. It's all about value. It's not about gender, really. Yeah. It's not. 
I mean, maybe in the corporate world, there may be some intricacies to that. Yeah, I don't but like know. You, you always have somebody. There's that, always something. Yeah. But the the whole point is, it's all about building more value. Yeah. Building value. And become a more valuable become person. Become a yeah. more on men, women, everyone. Whoever you become are. a yeah. more value, become resourceful. Yeah. Provide value to somebody and you will make money is is literally energy. That's all it is. Yeah. It's an exchange of value. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. literally the definition of of, of money. Exchanging value it's too. it's a, a a method of exchange, right? And the biggest thing that people don't understand is they're like, oh why am I not making a lot of money? I used to have this thought like why am I not making a lot of money? Well, look at what you do on the day. And the thing is, most people, they start thinking, oh, it's because of the way I'm from or my country, oh, my yeah. culture. I'm a victim of society. I'm a victim oh, of society. Oh, victim like, mentality. I yeah, used to get... fall I used to fall into that. Yeah. And the reality is it just, it, it, it's created to keep you behind forever. Yeah. It happens, and, and I'll speak on my own community. It happens in the black community a lot. We victimize ourselves a lot. We always say, oh, it's all about slavery. It's all about this. That's why we're so behind. We can never make it. Because bro, the you system... have a bunch of role models and examples. Dude, I know so many it. black people making so much money. It's ridiculous. Like, I could do the same thing as an immigrant. Oh, poor me. Like, it stays. You know, I'm like, bro, I know a lot of people it's... that they came here from, from nothing. Dude. Had nothing. And, and, and I'll say this. Yes, there are, there are a lot of things that happened in the past, like slavery and all of that, that affect things. But you're always in control in your situation, brother. You're, you're one, you're way better off thanks to your ancestors now. So you have no excuses, especially in the States, which is like the freaking in the age of information that we are yeah. in right now. And I think once you understand what money is, because unfortunately we tie success to money, right? Even though success is like we're saying, living your purpose, which when you are living your purpose, the byproduct is you, you make money yeah. because you're providing value. Exactly. That's all it is. Money is literally just value exchange. I agree. So for example, I come in here, I'm like, hey, I want to work here. And let's say I have nothing, right? Most people, they'd be like, I want to apply for this job, right? That's how a lot of people think. I need to apply or I need to beg this person to give me a job versus, hey, what do you need done right now? Like, let's say this was a real conversation. What do you need done right now? You know, it's funny. I've had a lot of guys reach out to me asking stuff like that. Like, dude, what can I do to work with you or just to be around you? I'm like, bro, what do you do? Like, <laughs> what value you, can you provide? This, this, you just want me to have you around for no reason. Dude, and this, this, to, like, <laughs> this applies to relationships, even romantic relationships. A lot of people feel entitled. Man, we can get into this topic too. Men always feel like, oh, I'm the leader. The woman has to follow me. Right, there's this thought. You got you gotta earn the stuff. Like you dude, gotta earn I would that. say, like, what value and, and this is why I have a problem with dating here, because I'm like, bro, I have so many I know it sounds cocky, but it's just a reality. I have so many things going on for me. And in just two years that I moved here, physically, financially, mentally, spiritually, and everything, and I know the value that I can bring to the table, but then I go out with like girls and stuff, and because they're just cute, I'm like, bro, what are you bringing to the table? Like, I'm like, I have a hard time because I'm bringing all this stuff, but I'm not gonna freaking compromise my future, my purpose, just because the way you look. Like, I feel like for girls, it, 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 they're at a point that just become more valuable, you know? Because, yeah. like, I'm like, bro, like, and, I don't... And value is different. I don't mean to cut you off, but I think a lot of people don't understand what value is. Value is not a, a constant state, if that makes sense. It's not a constant variable. So what is valuable to you may not be valuable to me. That is true. That right? is very true. So that's where... I think with women and with men, regardless, but since we're talking about women, it's like 
figure out if you, if you want to date an entrepreneur, this guy's an entrepreneur. What does he need? Like, where are his struggle points? Ask him more questions around that. Figure because obviously that means the world to him. If if a guy's an entrepreneur, that's what he cares about. Period. It's not a side job. It's a real thing, right? If that's what he cares about, and you're sitting on a date with him, ask him questions and figure out how you can solve his problems. It may either be in business. It could be hey, he may need somebody to talk to because he he has emotions around his business that are negative that he needs somebody to talk to, right? He needs somebody to to be with him emotionally. Like there's so yeah. many different ways of value that I feel like a lot of people just don't understand. And I feel like even with relationships, dude, like. And this goes to guys and girls. Like there, there are girls that are like, "Oh, I want this, 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 this," and I don't have a problem with that because I do the same thing. I know what I want, but I will never ask something mm -hmm. to someone that I don't have or something that, a value that I cannot provide to the table. And I feel like that is a completely entitlement right there because you see a lot of guys who are like, "Oh, I want a girl that has a great relationship with God, is fed, does all this stuff." And I'm like, "Bro, you barely work out. You don't even have your crap figured out. And you want all this stuff. What are you talking about, dude?" So so this is a good exercise I've done and I think everybody who's listening to this should try one time in their life. Put a list together of all of the traits you want in your significant other. Once you put that list together of that ideal person, ask yourself if you were that ideal person, what would you want? Write down everything that ideal person wants. Now ask yourself, do I have these traits? Most people, you don't have these traits. I agree. If you don't have these traits, you cannot ask for that person. I agree. You can't think that that person is going to make time for you. Become the person you want to attract. Be become the person that you want to attract and also the person that who you're attracted, who you attract wants yeah i agree you have to because a yeah. lot of people don't ever think like it's a very humbling experience and most people don't want to do it because it forces you to understand the value that you can bring to that person you really really want i agree that's a good one that's a good one it it's a tough exercise yeah. like it you you start looking at it, you're like man i don't have this i don't have that but okay. dude i think that's the solution to everything i truly believe if if young kids and guys and girls they could just raise their own personal standards and become a more valuable person financially, mentally, physically, and spiritually, you would fix 99.999% of the problems in society and things that you people would, struggle with. But the craziest part is that's idealistic. But I, what I'm saying is that it, it, it starts with yourself. Like if you want to fix something, it always starts with taking a look in the mirror True. and realizing that you're in control of a lot of things. But how do you... So that this is your podcast, but I'm going to ask you a question. How do you even get to that point with with all of what's going on right now, right? I, I think first step is creating creating self-awareness. And I truly, that's why I love what I do and, and having these conversations and creating platform like this, platforms like this, because you create more awareness with, uh, with people. When they listen or they look at all this stuff, it's like, mm, you know what? These guys might be right. Because you can't argue with truth. Like the reality is that it always starts within yourself. Mm -hmm. If you as an individual can become more valuable and better and raise your personal standards, dude, everything will change. Yeah. And I can tell you from experience, why? Because I was a lazy, I'm still a lazy dude. That's my nature. Same. But before that was, <laughs> that was me. I didn't have any value to bring. Yeah. The only value that I had was my freaking mouth <laughs> that I used to talk a lot. Yeah. And I'm a funny guy. Yeah. And that was it. 
And because once I recognize, okay, I have a lot inside of me because everything I need for me to succeed, I already have it inside of me. I just need to expose that more often and tap into that true bend that's inside of me more often. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to become a more valuable person. And he's the same thing. A lot of people are like, oh, man, Ben, you're so motivated and stuff like that. I'm like, bro, that's an insult because I'm not a motivated person. I have discipline, which is way different. You think that I want to do everything I do, bro, like twice a month, probably that the starts line and the planets align and everything's perfect. But most of the time, I don't want to do anything. Yeah. I struggle probably most, more than most people. Dude, I struggle getting up in the morning. I still got to get same up. Same thing. Like all those skills and traits that you look up to into someone, those are built and earned. Confidence is built. Fulfillment is built. Entrepreneurship, having a successful business is built. People just look at the end results. And that's why I'm, I'm like, I love what I do with bringing people like you and, and showing what it takes. Because he's like, build the mental skills, bro. Become a more valuable person. Whatever you see in me, you can have it because I'm a regular dude, bro. From Chile, 80,000 people, bro. I live in a farm. You came from Brooklyn. You shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't even be here. Yeah. I should be dead. Same thing with you. You should be in jail or something like yeah, that. But we are here. In jail or dead. One you of know? those two. So he's like, if you can do it, if I can do it, everybody can. That's that's the whole message at the end of the day. Yeah. You everybody know? can do it in their own way, too. I feel like that's another problem. Um, a lot of people, men, women, but I feel like men specifically, it's like, you struggle with being yourself. Yeah, that's because, your superpower, bro. Yeah, and it's it's the easiest way to live life because it's like if you're not your authentic self, you're gonna be literally like moving uphill, like it's an uphill battle for the rest of your life because you're just never going to be you. Yeah, and you're always gonna have to compare yourself to somebody else. You're and that other person is who you want to be like. And it's like, especially with social media nowadays, man, you just see all these like guys that are young, like in in. Lambos and Rent all this. Lambos. We don't even know the behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah, bro. but because you see it, you're just like, oh, I can't be that guy. You get discouraged. Everything's microwave results. Everybody wants to get the next thing that's going to blow them up and like retire by 25, get married in six months, do this when you're dude, it's like, be you, take your time, enjoy the process. Like I've had to deal with that because that's how I was in basketball. That's how I was in the beginning of entrepreneurship was like, how can I get the result the fastest way possible? Like, oh, I, I need to be like that person. I was I was playing basketball. I wanted to be like Michael Jordan when I first started. I was frustrated every day because I'm like, I'm not like Michael Jordan. I can't hit this shot. I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. And it's like now it's amplified with society, with social media, because all you see is this girl's lost so much weight. She's the prettiest person in the world. And you as a woman now, you, you're comparing yourself to like a Kim Kardashian, not knowing she did plastic surgery, not knowing that all this stuff existed. Not yeah, they're not showing just, the behind the scenes. They're not showing the behind the scenes yeah. or the work that they put in, how the people who really got those results, how long it took to get those results. Like the entrepreneurs that did really well. For example, I, I watch Iman Gadzi a lot. I don't know if you, you know who that is. Very successful entrepreneur, the right? soccer player? No, <laughs> no just maybe, maybe there's a soccer player named that. I don't even know. No. But he's very successful, but he's, I think he's like 23, 24. And you look at it, you'd be like, man, he's so young. He probably did that so fast. But you don't see since he was 16, he was putting out content. Plus, there's so many ways to make it in life. Like you can become a, so, like a content creator. You can become an athlete. You can become an entrepreneur. There's like so many different paths you want to do that you that you can make something out of yourself and whatever success looks to you because we all have a different purpose yeah. and we're all different yeah and we're all created to do and and add value to people in a different way you know we're not that's why if if we were all the same bro the world would suck you know yes yeah. anyways 
dude, going and, and, and finishing talking about this episode and everything. And now you talking to young people, mm-hmm. 16-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, kid 20 or whatever. We've, we've talked a lot, a lot in this episode, which has been amazing. I, I really enjoyed it. But what would you say to these kids with everything we just talked about? What would be an advice that you have for them? If they want to jump into entrepreneurship, if they want to start at a young age, what would be the first step or a few things that you can recommend them to do? I would say f- look into yourself, like deeply, like really do more. And I know personal development, self-development is a big thing right now, yeah. but really like work on yourself before you start a business. Because to be honest, a business is going to be a reflection of you, right? That's a fact. If, if you're running a business, if you're not disciplined, it's going to show in the business, yeah. right? And sometimes it takes starting a business and failing it to then understand what you need to improve in, right? Starting a business by itself is a method of self-development in itself, Yeah. right? So big thing is one, work on yourself. Two, if you really want to start a business, start now. Don't wait, right? <clears throat> Don't procrastinate. Take action, right? A lot of people, they, they get into like this, like almost this mental, like- They want to know everything. Before marathon race- to like figure out, oh, how am I going to do this? Well, I can't do this because of that. And they get into like this weird zone of not doing anything, but feeling like they're doing something because they're writing things down and they're reading all these books. Start taking action now. And you know what's funny is that everything you just said is so simple, but most people don't apply it because it's so simple. Dude, and they think it's, there's a secret, but it's like, bro, there's, there's, there's that, not. That was my next point. There's not. There is, and another thing, another advice, there is no secret to anything. Everything is so basic and you'll figure it out because as you read, biggest thing I would say is anybody just start reading biographies of people, of yeah. successful people. And you'll start seeing that in their life and the, the patterns of their life are the same. The same in terms of core principles. It's all the same. Yeah. It's all basic. It's all very basic information. There are no true nuances to a lot of things. It's just you have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to be comfortable, understand that this is going to be a long game, right? You play, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes, right? You play valuable games, you win valuable prizes. One of your advices was uh, focus on yourself, invest in yourself. Yeah. What does that look like? Investing in yourself is... Honestly, just buying, whether it's a book that you really want to read that can help you think differently, whether it's taking a course online, and there's tons of courses online on a certain subject. If you want to learn social media marketing, take a basic course on that. Don't be afraid to put your money towards something that's going to help you in the future really compound what you just put in. Like, I think a lot of people, they look at stocks. They're like, oh, I invest in stock. No, invest in yourself before you invest in stocks. Yeah. Like You're so, You have the best return. You ever. have the best return on, of investment if yeah. you invest in yourself. And that could mean anything. Investing in yourself can also mean taking care of yourself, getting a haircut. Like, little things that really people don't think about, that it matters. Right? It's like invest in experiences. Go travel. Right? That gives you a new perspective on life. Yeah. These are things I didn't do when I was younger. Yeah. Investing in yourself can mean something different to anybody, but at the end of the day, at the end at the point is whatever money you put into yourself, whatever time you put into yourself, expect a result of that compounded in the future. That's what I love it, dude. And again, I like that you said you taught the principle and which is investing in yourself and and not 
because it's we want to teach these kids how to think because that could look different for everybody yeah not because if we tell you do this this and this it's like we don't want you to think that way start thinking of what you want to do with your life start moving start doing something else and i think your story is amazing because when you were 18 you just you started doing stuff you moved you took the risk you bet on yourself whatever took a lot of risk. betting in yourself and investing yourself in yourself look like do that that feels good for you so and a big thing too to be honest with all kids like I'm not where I want to be in life, right? We're always going to feel like that, but I'm still moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a huge huge one. That's another thing. Yeah. Don't don't feel like you need to be there already. It's like as long as you're making progress, even if it's slow progress, you're still moving because the worst thing, honestly, that's worse than going backwards is staying the same. Yeah. Because you when you're staying the same, you feel like you're moving forward, mm-hmm. but you're not. And the world moves forward. Well, I don't think you can stay the same. I think you're either progressing or just decreasing in life. Like either you're staying the dying. same is decreasing. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. It's like when you're staying the same, the, the problem with that, at least perception, is because you think that you're okay. Yeah. When you're going backwards, when you're on a decline, you realize it because it's in your face. You're like, oh, I'm going backwards. This is not good. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm at zero. My bank account's at zero. You know. Yeah. There's an urgency. All right, I need to get back but if you're distracted or sleeping in life or whatever but if you're sleeping and you're staying the exact same nothing's moving like the same thing you have a thousand dollars in your bank account today a year from now it's going to be worth less because of inflation yeah life is moving forward that's the whole point of it yeah and you have to keep going forward because things are going to change i love every time i love it dude thank you for taking the time for coming i really really appreciate it. it was a really really good one yeah, we we gotta do a part too. Yeah, <laughs> we're bro. gonna I need that. We're gonna, you know what? Because one of the formats of this show is that we also talk about current events and, and make mm. fun of it, but also like provide a solution. Yeah. So I would love for you to like be with me oh, and we God. talk about current events and just yeah. talking about controversial stuff. But anyway, I love dude, controversial. Thank you so stuff. much, and guys, we'll see you later. And thank you for following Stanford with Ben. See you guys later. Mm-hmm.